Hi, I'm Sharon Davis, Chief Executive of Young Enterprise, and welcome to Series 3 of Enterprising Mindsets, Minding Your Money. We'll be exploring the often overlooked role mindset plays in building financial capability and the significant benefits to be gained from understanding the impact our attitudes, beliefs and values have on our behaviours around money. I'm hoping that we'll discover new ways to help young people build a money-related mindset and also explore the contribution this could have in increasing social mobility. Tonight, I'm at the brilliant and very busy Wigan Youth Zone. We've got three guests, Dylan, Safe and Natasha. But before we go into the conversation, I'd love to welcome my friend Siki, who's head of youth work. Tell us a little bit about Wigan Youth Zone, Siki. Hi, everyone. Um, so Wigan Youth Zone, we're one of Europe's largest youth club. We're a seven-day-a-week provision for young people. Where, uh, we're a universal provision where young people can access a range of opportunities at Wigan Youth Zone, from a climbing wall to football pitches, skate park to a girls' zone, dance studio and a music studio. Uh, and we are a genetic youth club. Um, and we, we've been open since 2013, and we've had over half a million visits in that time, and we're part of the on-site network. Brilliant. And it's so busy tonight. There's literally hundreds of young people here tonight. It is, uh, it's, uh, we've just had our holiday club where we've had over 100 young people attend our uh, free school meal holiday club for young people who are on free school meals. And now we've got over 200 in the building tonight. It's bouncing. It's it absolutely is. bouncing. And welcome to my guests tonight, to, uh, to Dylan, to Safe and Natasha. Before we get into it, I'd love listeners to get to know you a little bit better. So Dylan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, uh, my name's Dylan uh, Marshall, I'm 22, I'm about to be a uh, father on January the 29th, the due date, um, I can't wait. Congratulations. Um, I'm a curl leaver, I spent 12 years doing that and now I'm independent, I'm looking forward to the future. And you've just done a course here, right? Yeah, and I've just done a course here um, with Jeanette and Kim, Job Employability, uh, they've been fantastic, they've shown me so much about how how I can manage my money more. They brought in a team from my bank. They were brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you, Dylan. And welcome safe to Minding Your Money. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, it's nice to be here. Um, first, a quick congratulations to um, Dylan here. I'm looking forward um, to seeing his daughter soon. And um, hello, everyone. My name is Dean. I'm a year 13 student. I'm 17 years old. And... Um, I enjoy doing loads of performing arts when it comes to music, acting, etc. And um, I'm soon to be a young leader in the Wigan Youth Zone, which I'm quite excited about. I'm quite excited about working with young people um, since I enjoy being part of this building so much. And it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. It's a pleasure to interview you. And Natasha, welcome. How are you? I'm great. Um, hi, I'm Natasha Lancaster. I'm 15 years old. Um, I've been coming to the Youth Zone for eight years uh, since it opened and wow that's a long time and um, someone told me that you're actually writing your own play yeah i am i'm writing um a version of alice in wonderland it's going to be like pant- a pantomime i'm really looking forward to it so you're writing the play and then you're going to actually show it at the youth zone uh, yeah we're going to have multiple shows i think and um yeah it's going to be really fun so we're going to talk about money and we're going to talk about memories of money because what we know is that our values attitudes beliefs kind of really come from our very early experiences of money I think lots of people lots of research says that our attitudes are formed by the age of seven so i guess my question to you my first question is what was your first memories of of, of money i'm going to come to you first dylan my first memory would be in high school uh kind of a bit of an entrepreneur i i figured out if i if I have something that people want, they'll come and buy it off me. So I started a little bit of a business in high school, 
come in, they give me their part dinner money, I'd exchange it for whatever I had in my bag. And I, I started to sort of build a little business in school. Quite the entrepreneur then from an early age. Yeah. Brilliant. Natasha, what do you think? My first memory of money was when I was about four or five. There was a corner shop around the corner um, from where I lived. And I remember um, going there and my parents giving me 60p for a chocolate bar to go pay for it by myself. And it was this massive thing because I never got trusted with money before and I felt mature. So it was the first time that you'd ever paid for something yourself? Yeah, it was the first time I've ever paid for anything on my own. It's a big moment. It was. Safe, what about you? Master is a bit boring as compared to the both of them. Um, first time I remember getting money is when I was 11. Um, this was when I first started properly doing chores where my parents would actually pay me and I got my first um, pay from my parents. I got 10 quid. On that, on the same day that I got that 10 quid, I just wasted all of it. Then I saw my brothers. Um, they kept that money throughout the week to do various stuff that I wanted to join in that I couldn't join in. So ever since, I just started learning about how to manage money and how important it is. So you learned from your brothers? I did learn from my brothers, yeah. To save. You've just asked us about what our first memory about money was. Um, let me ask you this, what was your first memory about money? Oh, right, that's getting the tables turned on me. So that's a great question. I, my actual first memories of money, I was quite little and uh, my dad was a tree feller and uh, he had a pickup truck and he had a toolbox and the toolbox he used to put under his seat and in it used to have like slummy or what we kind of say five, P, T, five P's, 10 P's, ten, you know, two P's. And uh, he used to buy that for like, use that for like buying bread and stuff. And I used to kind of, it's a terrible thing, but I used to go in and kind of nick it sometimes for like different things, so sweets and things. But he cottoned on to that and basically stopped putting the kind of 5Ps and 10Ps and 2Ps in the toolbox. But instead, he used to take me on jobs. So I would only be little and he'd be taking me out on these tree felling jobs. Uh, so I'd only be able to like brush up or rake up and stuff. But it taught me about working for money. So and then I'd gone on to, to do like kind of part time jobs and things. So, yeah, it was an interesting kind of first few memories about money. That's quite a story I've got there. I don't think I'm paling into comparison with you. Not at all, not at all. So, so I guess the question then is, what does, what does money mean to you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to you first, Safe. What does money mean? Well, when it comes to money, um, I have kind of a political point of view to it. It's just like, um, it's a means to an end. But at the same time, it's like what enables people to do stuff. So it's both a limiter and... Um, a way to get opportunities for people. So when I mean limiters, so let's say I want to go travel somewhere, I've been dreaming about it, uh, but the cost of going there is too high for me. So that's definitely a limiter. But at the same time, um, it gives me that hope, the hope like something to work for. It's a goal. So I, I would say it's both an opportunity maker and a limiter. Brilliant. Dylan? For me, I feel like it's financial freedom. If I've... If, if I can get to a point in my life where I have a lot of money, maybe not even a lot, just I've got the house paid off, uh, I can pay my daughter for uni, she doesn't have to have any uni debts, anything like that. That is my goal. Money can bring me so much freedom that I would, I think it'd be better if, if more kids got taught that in schools. I feel like it needs to be taught about financial freedom because I wish I'd had that dream from early on because now I've got it. I could have been a bit further ahead than I am now. And actually, that runs into the next question. Are you, a, are you sure you're not looking at my notes here? You're a mind reader. You're a mind reader. Natasha, I'm going to ask you a question. What, 
What are the things that you wish that someone had taught you about money earlier on? I wish someone would have told me um, to save for the little, for the bigger things rather than the little things, because. I normally go out and I spend, say, a pound on a chocolate bar, whereas if I would have saved up, then I would have got, like, a bigger one. So about saving... But, yeah, I wish someone would have told about saving. Yeah, you know. interesting. So learning about saving. And, Dylan, what about you? I mean, you mentioned before the importance of learning about money in school. What, what do you wish somebody had taught you about money earlier on? When you have it, what it can bring for you, what a steady income can actually get you... It, it's not just having this money and then you can go and buy things. What can you actually do with this money Like that could bring you a more beneficial future? So, for instance, if you've got so much cash flow, you can put some away. Once you've got so much, you can put a deposit on a house. Once you have a house, you have a mortgage, you can work the mortgage off, your credit goes up, you get trusted more. with. And once you've got that trust, you can open the doors up to so many other opportunities like starting a business becoming self-employed, paying my daughter through uni because I've got a business and I'm self-employed and I can I can rely on myself. It's not a matter of having to go and work for someone else and, and sort of feel like, I don't know, maybe, maybe just trapped because a lot of people, when they wake up, they don't like the job. I mean, some people do, but I feel like the majority of warehouse workers don't wake up and love to go to work in the warehouse. They do it because they have to. And I feel like that it's... It's an unfortunate situation that these people are in that I think if they had the teachings that they had in school, that should be in school, they wouldn't be in these positions where they have to go and work in warehouses. And, and I just, I, I find the idea of being locked inside a building and having to do the same job every day of your life with no variety, it's, it's, it crushes the human spirit. And you mentioned there before about building credit. Cause... Yeah, so if you build credit, obviously credit cards, you get pre pre-approved for credit cards. I'm not saying use them, but that's great. You've got mortgages. Banks will open the doors to you because you've got that great credit score that everybody loves. Credit, if you've got a great credit score, it opens the door to everyone. But on the turn side, if you've not got a great credit score, if you've been, I'd say, in the lower class and you're in a very tough financial situation, you're on prepaid meters, you can't get off prepaid meters, even though they've got extortionate rates and people that need to be on uh, smart meters and direct debit meters can't get on that because of the credit score. So it's a catch-22. While having a great credit score opens so many doors, when you don't, it closes so many doors and leaves you in such a tough situation. So that whole thing about credit, uh, building your credit, understanding what that means in terms of what you can access and what you can't access is really important. So what do you think some of the things that you'd wish someone had taught you about money earlier on? Well, I'd say I'd agree with both uh, Natasha and Dylan here uh, when it comes to saving and credit, but I'd say um, how much money can affect anything in this world because let's say you just burnt a huge lot of money. That's a lot of money just lost from the world and although that affects other people, it affects you as well. Um, then coming back to what Natasha said, I'd say saving definitely is um, an important thing because I remember many times that I've wasted money that if I saved would have gotten like a better opportunity to do something that's way better than what I did first being that I went to like um, a game somewhere in like um, a Ferris wheel. Could have used that money to buy myself stuff I need for school, for example, a calculator, etc. You've just asked us all this question and compared to you, we don't have that much experience. So I would like to ask you the same question. What are the things that you wish someone have taught you? 
I think uh, what I'd wish that someone had taught me about uh, money earlier on was was really what it could do for you. Yeah. What it could do for you uh, and how planning and goals is really important and being able to understand how little things can make a, little, a, lot, a lot of difference over a period of time. So just saving a little bit can make a lot of difference over a period. So it's, it's not always about you getting what you want straight away, but, but having that longer term plan. But if you haven't, if you're not living in a family, like I didn't live in a family where we, we my mum and dad didn't never bought a house. So um, that was seen as um, a massive thing. Why would you buy a house? Because it's like a massive debt. So I was like probably about 30 odd before I kind of got a mortgage. So I think having people around you who are giving you different options to think about, I think is really important. So things like the youth zone is massively important. If you haven't perhaps got a family around you who are giving you different options to think about. So I think provision like here is, is brilliant. OK, so let's think about kind of where you are now. You're, you're all on three very different journeys. I'm going to ask you, where would you go to if you needed advice about money now? I'm going to come to you first, Dylan. As it stands, I wouldn't go to anyone for advice, really. I mean, I have my mum's support, but my upbringing, I've always had to do it myself, more or less. Very independent. I've always dealt with my money myself. I paid for my own phone at 14. Uh, I got the brand new iPhone at the time that came out, I paid for it myself using what I did at high school. You know, I I didn't need anyone to tell me how to do get money. My only problem was how I could utilise the actual full potential of what money brings. That is something that I've had to learn through getting my own flat, being put in a very independent situation where I've got no support. If I don't pay my bills, I'm to suffer. I will end up homeless. I will lose my power. I will lose my water. It, it all became my responsibility. I think the lack of responsibility for other people is what doesn't drive them. Once you get that that mantle of responsibility put upon you, it's it's what you're going to do with it. Some people fold and crack. Other people thrive. I, I consider myself that I've, I've, I've thrived. I've had the flat now four or five years. The power's never gone off. Uh, all the bills are all paid. Um, so um, when you say when you say uh, I rely on myself, so how do you get that information? Google. I use Google a lot. Um, uh, Reddit. I don't know why I use Reddit, but I started using Reddit weirdly enough. For, for somebody listening who doesn't know what Reddit is, what is it? Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what it is. Um, Siki, do you know what it is? Does anybody oh, know what Reddit nah, is? I know what Reddit is. <laughs> what, is what is Reddit? <laughs> well, I would not go to full on trust Reddit. No, when it comes to this kind it, of stuff. There's some good ideas. But yeah, when it comes to Reddit, Reddit is like a big community where people can share ideas, share information. And I'd say good source to know a lot of stuff, but not the definite source to go to. And what you were saying there, Dylan, was it kind of gives you some ideas, but yeah. you know whether to trust it or not. Obviously, these people going on Reddit, they're not businesses. They're just real people and they've got other experiences to share and stuff. And you can learn from some of them. I think that's what Reddit. I think that's what Reddit is. It's like just people putting their opinion on the internet. It yeah. gives you ideas. Yeah. sources of ideas I suppose it's you building your network as well yeah. beyond the people that you know yeah brilliant okay so Natasha who would you go to for advice about money and why personally I would go to my grandma um for multiple reasons one because I trust her and I'd say I'm really really close to her um but also because she seems the most organized out of everyone I know when it comes to money like she's been saving for me and my brother's university for years and years. And really? Yeah. So when did she start telling you that she was saving for your university um, life? 
Well, she only told us recently, but um, she's been doing it for a long while because she always says, um, it's no use sitting in my purse, I might as well be putting it to something good. Um, so yeah, I think I'd go to my grandma. You'd go to your grandma. And Steve, what about you? Who would you go to? My first go-to would be definitely my dad. Um, why is that? Because my dad, ever since um, I was old enough that he gets me involved in what he does, um, I've learned quite a lot about what he does and why he is strict on us sometimes when it comes to giving us money or spoiling us. He doesn't do it that because like, he just doesn't want to do it. It's because there's a reason behind it. and um, like, It took me time to understand what he's doing as I grew up, understand more, more and more what he does. And even though, like, he gets opportunities to spoil us, um, he always, like, um, thinks of the greater good, what we can do in the future. And at the same time, he's a very humble guy. So even if he has all of the money in the world, uh, I would trust him to use it for a good thing instead of just wasting it or spoiling himself with it. So he's, you're quite inspired by your dad, then? Uh, when it comes to money, definitely, yeah. So what, tell me, then, what would your advice be about how to approach teaching young people about money? I'm going to come to you first, Natasha. I'd say teach them about money at a young age, um, maybe still in primary school, um, because it's a really good life lesson to take on future life experiences. Um, I know I only got taught about money in year seven when I first came to high school, and it was all about, like, universities and things and it was just a really big shocker um, I also think that teachers should try and make it fun so um, children actually do like absorb the information and do um, enjoy learning about it and remember it. So when you were talking about year seven what, what did you learn about money? It's obviously stuck in your mind what was it? Um, we just got told um, that when university comes along it won't be free like school and um, high school um and just start like saving saving for it um so we don't end up in bigger debt when we do go <laughs> and that was your first experience about about money yeah um because in primary school we only got taught really about how to add money and not really what money is right okay okay and so what would your advice been you mean you've traveled a lot haven't you what would your advice be about um teaching young people about money uh, when it comes to young people, um, Natasha, I just mentioned school. I do definitely agree with that, but I also would um, like it if parents were to do the same thing. So when kids get to a certain age, the parents obviously teach them how to cross a road or so. I would say money management is one of their also important skills in life because like Natasha said a moment ago, um, they talk to them about uni and uh, it's not free and... I understand that because out of nowhere, once I started sixth form, I was bombarded by this huge amount of money when it comes to tuition, living expenses, etc., etc. So I would say start from a young age, not give them a lot of calculations and stuff, but um, show them the basics, um, make them go get something off the supermarket, let them understand the different prices, how they change it. Brilliant. So a mix of parents and school? Yeah, definitely, yeah. And learn how to Maybe budget. Maybe older siblings if they have. Well, clearly your brothers taught you a lot when you were... They have indeed, yeah. ...were younger. And Dylan, what about you? What's your advice on how to approach teaching young people about money? Starting in schools, definitely. With it being very early on, a uh, moment in your life, four or five, that's when you start. You're there till you're 16, that's just high school, then you have to do college or get in an apprenticeship, that's another education. So that's to 18. It's 
education is literally all the way to 18, and then it doesn't stop there. You've got uni, and then you're learning throughout everyday life. Why is money not being taught very early on? It's everyday occurrence. It happens everywhere. It should be the forefront of every conversation in schools, but it's not. We learn about cow's hearts and how to cut them open. We learn about trigonometry and what that is. How I see it is schools are very unevolved. While in the past 100 years, everything else has evolved. If you look at a phone 100 years ago compared to today, it's, it's completely different. A car, completely different. Train, everything else is completely different, but a school has remained from the foundations the same. They may have sort of updated the subjects, but the reality is it's the same environment built off the same foundation. It's sit row by row, put your hand up, when to eat, when to sit, when to do everything. Why? Because that's what they wanted 100 years ago. Warehouse workers, people get, to get told what to do and when to do it. Nowadays, people want more freedom. What does And what brings freedom? Money. And they don't want you to have that, I don't think. I feel like money should be the forefront of schools and how to get what you need. Um, to be fair, though, um, I am agreeing with you on a lot of the points that you've said, but um, I would like to um, tell you, uh, tell you, I'll give my point of view on this. I would say some of the fundamentals would be important when it comes to school. Um, there are like loads of stuff when it comes to like basic maths or so that you would have to learn. I wouldn't say trigonometry, uh, trigonometry necessarily. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I was yeah. giving an example like we don't use trigonometry every day, but we use money and how to get it every day. Well, to be fair though, I can't really see how like much you can upgrade the school because there are the basics that are needed. I would say you put money into one of the basics. That's an important thing. But I'm not sure how big, how much better you can get school. So it's good as is. Definitely needs improvements, but you can't really evolve it that much, can you? Ah. I'm going to stick with you, Dylan, if I may. Um, you're living independently now. You've had the flat for five years. So you moved in when you were 17. Yeah. So tell me, how important do you think it is that knowing about managing your money is to living independently? Well, if... When I first moved in at 17, 18, coming on to my 18th birthday, I got the keys on my 18th birthday. Um, I had to leave my career home at that, obviously. For legal reasons, 18, you have to move out to have a semi-independent or independent. Were you prepared, money-wise? No. No. I got, dro I got dropped right in the deep end. I didn't want to go semi-independent. I wanted the independent. It was my choice. But I didn't really fully understand just how much pressure I'd be under. Meaning, if I didn't wake up and go to my job, I wouldn't be able to pay my bills. No, that's a very simple thing that most people do. But at 18, you, you're not really thinking like that. I was very frivolous with my money. I'd, just, I'd do the bare minimum to pay everything, and then the rest just got blown. So if anything ever came up that was, say, damaged or broken, or I'd, have to, I'd do without because I didn't have the money saved up. So if something goes wrong... Now, thankfully, if it's a council house, which I've, a council flat that I live in... If there's a problem that isn't my fault, they'll pay to fix it because it's, you know, boiler breaks, it's their boiler, they have to fix it. But obviously, if it's something that's mine that I need, like my phone or my TV or, you know, just little things and it breaks, I'm wasting my money and I've got nothing left. So it was it was that adjustment from being in Mildam, Marco Rome, to having, I only had to give them £200 a month that was it, to live there. I didn't really want to pay him that because I didn't want to live there, but one of them. Um, to then moving into a house, paying 450 uh, 300 on rent, something like 150 on bills, 
and then the Wi-Fi, the phone, the food. It, it got so much that I was, I weren't having food in the fridge for like a good year and a so because I weren't really figuring out the, what am I doing? You're just going getting takeaways. You're, you, you just walk into the shop. You're not actually going out to get an actual supermarket. You're just going to the corner shop and obviously the corner shop's got to make money. It's higher prices than going to Asda or Tesco or Sainsbury's. Somewhere where, or Aldi, somewhere where they've got cheaper, cheaper, but you're still getting a lot. I never did that. I'd just go and waste all my money. And I feel like if I'd have known what I knew then, I'd be a lot better off now. <laughs> and when, at what point did you think, actually, there's a different way of doing this? When, when, um, when I got back with my girlfriend, we broke up for a, for a year. We got back together. She, she ended up sort of moving in, not moving in. Um, and now we're at this point. But she's been a massive, like, helping, like, you know, supporting me. She's, she's put my head on straight now where it's like, she just completes me. She's my other half. She, take, she knows what's best for me, even when I don't. So she guides me. She's like, do you really need to spend your money on that? Do you really need to do that? You know, and I give my money to her when I've got it in especially now with the baby, I'm giving her my week's wages that when I get him, just because I want her to go and get everything for this baby. So she's like driving me to do better, to be a better man. Well, do you know what? I think you're an incredible person yourself. So um, you. I think you're probably as lucky as each other, which is really great. I'm going to come to you next, Safe, about what you feel some of the problems are of not knowing how to manage your money. What do you think? I'd say not knowing how to manage your money is um, definitely a very huge factor when it comes to um, um, homelessness and drunkenness in the UK because um, you'd see a lot of people who are homeless or drunk, they seem to be young people, uh, but at the same time, when they were raised there, they were raised until uni with their parents, so they didn't have that much experience managing monies and they were just put out on the street to care for themselves and they don't know how to do it. So they'd blow all of their money either drinking um, getting stuff that they don't need to the point where they can't do much um, when it comes to sustaining themselves or sustaining um, anyone else. And eventually they'll fall into the deep end where they can't do much about it, really. So I'd say um, not learning how to manage your money is a big risk factor. So um, that's like the one thing that determines whether your future goes well or just goes to hell. And that's a brilliant way of teeing up my last question to, to you all, really, because we talk a lot, don't we, about debt and about exploitation, financial exploitation. You can get in the deep end quickly. But there's another flip side to money, isn't there, a positive side to money, and it can be an enable, it can help you do things. So, Natasha, what's positive about money for you? I'd say money gives us goals. So we saved up to get our goals, um, and it really allows us to do things like going on holiday, getting the new phones that we um, want. I'd say it also gives things value and it really stops us from going back in time when we used to barter and trade. Brilliant. So it gives you a long-term plan. That's fantastic. Safe, so I'm going to come to you. Finally, for you, what's positive about money? Well, when it comes to being positive about money, I'd say, um, like Natasha said here, it's um, an opportunity giver. And at the same time, it's... Um, a way of ensuring that a family, a society, a country prospers. Because when it, uh, and, and it's an equaliser. When, when I say equaliser, I mean everyone can do what they want. Everyone can choose them, feel that they want. So, uh, and it, it all just depends on what they do and how 
they manage their money, how much they manage their work. They can be the one of the richest people like Jeff Bezos or so. Um, or they can just lay into poverty. It just all depends on them. And um, at the same time, it's um, money is uh, a, a goal for people, like Natasha said. So um, it allows everything to work well. It allows um, money to be passing through. It allows everyone to have equal opportunities. Thank you, Saif. And finally, Dylan, what's positive for you about money? When you've got it, you can get more of it. More money, uh, when you have money, it attracts more money. Uh, it's very simple, like I was saying before, with the credit. If you've got it, it opens so many doors. You can get credit cards, do what you want with them. You can get a mortgage, buy as many houses as you want. Um, you can all start a business. As soon as you have that, that one income of money, you can generate more. You can have two sources of income, three. Then if you have a partner, they can have a source of income. Before you know it, a household can have four or five different types of sources of income from just doing a simple working job to then starting my own business. Like my girlfriend does, she has um, eyebrows. She's a beautician, so she does eyebrows and massaging. That's her second source of income. So just there alone, that's two, my income, two, that's three incomes into one household as it stands. I think we're on a very good track towards getting a house, a mortgage, a future for my daughter. So eventually when she's older, the house will be paid off, something I can leave to her. I don't want to leave her money. I want to leave her assets, something that has genuine value. Houses have value. Gold has value. Paper changes value. It can be worth something. It can be worth nothing. A house can't change value. A house only can go up, really. It's got a value isn't like money. Money, when it's printed, the value can come down. A house can't. A car, price comes down, but it's still a car. It's still worth something. Money is a means, but I want her to have assets, my daughter. As many assets as possible. Brilliant. Dylan, it's been fantastic talking to you, to Safe and to Natasha. I wish you so much of the best world, luck in the world. Dylan, Congratulations on a brilliant partnership and congratulations uh, on the imminent birth of your daughter. To save your acting career, I hope we'll see going from strength to strength. And Natasha, in terms of that investment and going to university, then we'll see you making a great success of that. Thank you so much for your time. So that's it. That's that's us. Uh, thank you very much for taking part in Minding Your Money. To Siki, my wonderful friend, to hear more interviews like this and to access Series 1 and 2, please do subscribe to Enterprising Mindsets on your favourite podcast service. We would love you to leave us a review as well, if possible. Thank you for listening. Thank you.